Best Conversations Podcast. Um, I want to tell everybody thank you for the, the love and support off the Big Tick episode. Uh, that was really that was really cool. That was a blessing that a big big tigger, big tigger uh, blessed me for his presence for the episode. So all the love and praise, and I uh, just want to say thank y'all. But we have another guest on, on the Zoom tonight. I've been following these this this couple's platform for a while. Um, they also do podcasts as well. The the Young Black Christian Podcast. The James family is here on the podcast with us tonight. How are y'all doing? Excited. Good. We're doing real good. Happy to be here, man. Yeah. Happy to be here. And again, congrats with everything that you've been doing, the consistency, the value that you're bringing your people, um, getting on, sacrificing your time after work uh, to put out great content. And so I, I really hope everyone watching and everyone listening really appreciates what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. So like I, like I was telling you um, before we got started, um, I'm a podcast connoisseur. Like I, I like um, you know, I don't want to hear music every single day on my commute to work or at work. Sometimes I just need to hear something. And so my wife is not so big into podcasting, but I wanted her to get into podcasting it because it's some things that I feel like could help her that she could listen to. So I just hit that search bar. And I, I stumbled across y'all podcast, man, and it's just been amazing just to hear the stories about the things that y'all go through. It'd be almost the same things that I go through in my marriage as well. And and then that that opens up great dialogue for me and my wife to have these conversations. The not the thing that we the thing that we're not just the only people going through these things. Mm -hmm. So before we get started, talk about y'all podcast and and also about your relationship of being married. Yeah. So uh, we make podcasts to help people um, go from good to great and to great to phenomenal inside of their relationships. And listen, we understand many newlyweds struggle with communication. So we make online resources to help them have a happy, healthy and a holy marriage. Um, and the fact that the fact is there's not many people that come from our background that's making content specific about marriage. There's yeah. marriage therapists out there. There's marriage content that's out there, but not many of it is coming from a background that it feels like you can understand it, that you can vibe with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of why we're here. And, um, Gerardo might be able to go in a little bit of the journey of maybe how we started or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, Lashad really enjoys podcasts and he, we went through marriage counseling and everything. And that's when we found out that there's a gap in this information uh, that we weren't able to, like, it wasn't easily accessible to us. So we were like, okay, so if it was hard for us to get it, um, there's probably other people who feel the same way. And we have friends who are married who they'd had the similar thing, like knowing that there's someone else going through something similar, it's really encouraging. So we're like, if we could be part of the solution, then we definitely want to try and do that. Yeah. Right. So, so take, so take me on your marriage journey. Um, first off, where, 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 where are y'all from? Well, it's actually funny you mentioned that because I, I heard that, that you're from North Carolina. Am I right? Correct. Okay. And you could, I think you may be from Scotland County. Am I wrong or not? Is that my correct? I'm from Scotland County. <laughs> okay. Now I'm cool that you come, it's cool that you go to Scotland County, but there's a high school in Scotland County that if you go to that high school, we're going to have to stop the podcast interview. Uh, did you go to Scotland County High School? There's only one. Scotland High is only one in the whole county. <laughs> Can you guess? Okay, so I um, I don't know if you could tell by by my build or physique, but I, I did play a sport back in the day. And the sport that I played in high school, um, I went to the state championship game twice. I had the honor of playing football, and I went to the state championship game twice. And um, the first time I went, we lost to Scotland County High School. Do you know what high school I probably came from? Richmond. No, not really close. <laughs> oh, well, actually, no, I think I'm getting, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm switching it up. Richmond is a, is a school that we lost to, but Scotland County is one of the only schools that continue to always beat us. So I went to Jack Britt High School. You went to Jack Britt? Oh, my yeah, man. God. <laughs> yeah, man. Fayetteville, North oh. Carolina. Fort Bragg. I'm right I up the never, road. I never knew that. Pat, my, pat, my pastor in North Carolina is from Laurenburg, man. Wow. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. had no clue. We went to uh, Pembroke, North Carolina, uh, Pembroke uh, University, sorry, <laughs> University of Pembroke. UNCP. <laughs> yes. Yeah, UNCP. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got, we, we're, uh, it's a small world, man, but. Met, see, I met at UNCP? So we, we actually, we met at Jack Britt, and then, like, I moved Britt. away. Yeah, but we did go to UNCP together. I kind of followed him to, uh, I followed him to college. Oh, my yeah. God. This makes this story even more crazy. 
Yeah. Man, I, can't, I can't believe this. Oh, man, what, what year did y'all graduate from high school? Ooh, 2010. Yeah, so we graduated high school 2010. Yeah. Uh, college, maybe 2015, 2016. Uh, we met in high school. We dated for probably 10 years. Um, and I know a lot of people, whenever you tell them that and you say, oh, we, we dated in high school, the first yeah. thing they think is... Oh, high school sweethearts. Yeah, and that's the exact opposite. No. Like, I want you to think of every stupid thing you did between the ages of 15 and 25. Yeah. And then just imagine... The same person there. The same person there watching all that stupid stuff happen. Like, you don't get a, You don't switch and, you know learn from your mistakes and then date somebody else like There's no we fresh start There's yeah it's like oh, I, don't, I don't gotta tell you about that time when we got drunk and did something stupid i don't got to talk about that time we did this or you know but with us we kind of we went through that with each other and we had to grow through that and so you know by the grace of god we were able to forgive and grow um to to get to where we are now but yeah we went through all that together okay so y'all live in san antonio y'all live in san y'all live in san antonio now yes yeah. sir Okay, cool. How'd you, um, I'm guessing work. Um, uh, so family, yeah, so family's really important to us. And so um, I worked as an accountant and I had a chance to move from North Carolina, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, to Fort Sam Houston, which is in San Antonio. And the reason we did that is because we understand that it's really important to uh, build together with your family. We didn't want to be people who just got our own apartment or got our own house and didn't try to build with, you know, family. And so uh, we kind of did an assessment of my family and her family. And we said, you know what, it'll be a great idea to be closer to her family so that we can actually build something so that my family could enjoy it in the future, potentially. So that's kind of how we got to San Antonio, Texas. Oh, man, that's, that's pretty cool. Any Spurs games yet? We, we, Ooh, we did go to one. It was fun. It, we're yeah. not like fans. Yeah, anything, not yet. But we went because we got free tickets and yeah. it was it was fun. It was, the whole experience was fun. But I was like, oh, yeah, there's basketball going on. <laughs> Okay, so so talk about the scene in San Antonio of uh, being. Um, I mean, what what's is there is there a lot of young striving African American community out there in San Antonio? There are. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't know if it's any more than any other big city. Um, mm -hmm. But I can say you definitely have to look for that community. Um, if you're looking for a community of people who are on this, I have to have the same mindset that you do, you still have to look for them. So I know a lot of married couples, they struggle to find other married couples that they can wow. hang out with when they get married. Wow. Um, you still got to look for them. Uh, and the issue is, you know, maybe they're married, but they're much older. So it's not yeah. really kind of like, it's good wisdom that they can give you, but you don't want to hang out with them. Or maybe they're married and young, but they're just not in the same place. Like if either they don't believe the same things as you believe, they're not trying to push their marriage into the same direction you're trying to go. And so it's, it's still, it's still a challenge to find, uh, just find a community of people who you can vibe with, but it's, it's there. We've you can been do successful. It. We've we been have, successful. We've we have some good like, friends. Yeah. We've got our group and wasn't too hard we found them like locally and like church and stuff and we've been building family with them so it wasn't really really hard and if you if you want to like see black people you could definitely you know where to go yeah yeah <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna take i'm gonna take this letter by letter ybmc okay first off let's start with being young and married what are the first challenges that y'all that, that y'all had to go through of being young and married i would say being young and married um you might not have all of the examples that you want to look up to. Well, maybe that's not, yeah, no, being, being young and married, there's no one else in your sphere that's doing this. And yeah. so, you know, we got married when we were what, 20, 21, 22. Two, 22 yeah. So all of our 21, 22 year old friends, their they mindset is in, they're in a whole different place. So when you have a problem or an issue and you try to bring it to them, you're not talking about some guy you're just dating or some girl you're just kicking it with. You're talking about your spouse. And so um, finding a community was probably the biggest challenge that we had. Uh, what do you think, Dorana? How being young and married, I, yeah, the, definitely the the people that you can be friends with because you can't really, being a married person, you can't kick it with your single friends for too much longer and really get into like the hard yeah. stuff. And um, yeah, I think probably friends and then also- And then also just the, growing, yeah. right? So like, I mean, when you're 18, what do you know? You know, yeah. you're, you know, close to nothing about the yeah. world and you get thrown out there. So, so we're figuring out adulting stuff together, like taxes. <laughs> yeah. Like we messed up our <laughs> payroll like taxes that. one, one year for our business. So it's, you know, little things like that. So being young and married, the biggest challenge is that you're still growing as yeah. just a human. Um, so you might not have everything ironed out, but you got to find that out with your spouse. And so two imperfect people trying to do something that's not too jacked up. It takes a lot of work and takes a lot of grace and truth. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably the biggest challenge. Who? Who, 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 who irks the other one's nerves the worst that gets, gets the, gets the other one riled up so, so mad? 
Ah, uh, that's a that's good a one. Good question. If I mean, I think it's even, but I yeah. think I probably get her riled up more because <laughs> because like I I'm a talker. And yes. so I'll keep going, you know, I could do what we're doing right now. I could do this for four hours straight and not get tired. But my wife, on the other hand, like, you know, I, if I keep talking at her instead of talking with her, then I'll get her like really frustrated. And so we have a couple of rules that we have for whenever we fight so that we don't get to that place. But, you know, if we're not paying attention to those rules, I'll, you know, I'll start. He, he can go. I can go. He, he can uh, go. Yeah. And it's usually like in our relationship, I think he, he talks and he teaches and it's good stuff. It doesn't have to be an argument. It could just be things he's excited about. And I just sit there and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, that works because I'm a counselor. So I'm used to listening to people and I know he's really, he's really helped me like hone that good listening skill. Yeah. So, but I, I'll probably, I'll probably irk her more than she can irk me, I guess. Maybe I'd have to try. I'd have to try real hard to get on his nerves. Okay. I know what to do, but I just don't naturally. Yeah, she doesn't it. do it. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go to y'all wedding. First of all, um, how, how did he propose to you? Ooh, okay, okay. I like the story. So, um, I my parents live in Texas, and he okay. was in North Carolina at the time. I came over and I visited uh, my parents for a little bit, and he's actually really good at magic tricks. Like he can do like card magic, sleight of hand. He's also really good at spades, but we can't play together anymore. We're not partners. <laughs> uh, he uh, he gets a little too competitive. And I think he had like two or three games where I was like, no, you, you're doing too much. But anyway, he's good at card magic. Uh, and he was telling me through the phone when I was in Texas, he's saying, oh, uh, I have a magic trick I want to show you, you know, pick pick five cards at random. He picked, uh, I picked the cards. Then later on that day, my parents and I went to a restaurant and he had the manager of the restaurant bring me those five cards and written on those cards were, uh, will you marry me? And I thought he was still in North Carolina. So I was like, oh, you proposed to the phone. This is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, next thing I know, like I turned around and he was behind me. So he drove to Texas from North Carolina and proposed with a magic trick. So oh, man. yeah. <laughs> I give it to him. He he got it up. My mom had it recording and everything like yes, that. Yes, that's the biggest. So part. I and he could play it every now and then. So we don't say if I do get too too mad at him, he'll just, just play, play the video. Recording. And I'm like, I, oh, I love you. I got that ugly cry too. Like you know, there's that cry where it's like, oh, I'm so happy. It's my birthday. Oh, I'm so happy for you. But like that ugly cry is the one that's silent at the beginning. You know, where you you cry and it's dead silence, and then you know, yeah. then the tears start streaming. So I got all that all that on camera. Um, so yeah, that's how we propose. And anybody out there who's thinking about proposing, listen, you should only do it once. So do it right. Make it cheesy, right. you oh, know, because yes. the question, the, the thing that they don't tell you before you get married is that everyone's going to ask your spouse, how did he do it? How did he propose? And, really? you know, as to the best of your ability, don't make her, you know, have to cringe to tell the story to the yeah. best of your ability. And if you can get it recorded, pay someone, get a friend, get multiple recordings of that thing so that you can play it back. Yeah, make it big. Has Huge. replay value. Yeah. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite questions to ask uh, people that's married about their wedding, and it seems like it's always a debate, a band or a DJ at y'all wedding? Oh, DJ. 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 Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want Michael Jackson up in there. I want all the oldies. I want all the line dances. Yeah, I don't want to cover. I'm not. I, want, I don't want covers. <laughs> I want the thing. I want the music. I want the music. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now being black, now um, now just recently, um, um, we've all seen this shocking video of the young man Ahmad uh, that was uh, brutally shot down. Um, by some white su supremacists, I guess you can call it whatever. And just going on your everyday, day by day of being young and black and seeing that that is still a struggle to some people, that some people just don't understand it. So um, just speak on just being young, black in this country and married. Um, this is a struggle that we still have to all deal with. Yeah, so I know that um, for me, I don't think we have all of the examples of what it means to be young, black, and married. Uh, we may have an aunt or an uncle or maybe one cousin or, you know, one marriage that we can look up to. Maybe it's somebody within the church. 
but the biggest struggle with being married is that you have to find a good example and someone that you can follow, someone who's a, a few steps ahead of you that can pull you a little bit higher. They don't have to be perfect, but if they're far enough ahead, you can grow in kind of leaps and bounds because you have someone to reach out to, you have someone to model after, and you can physically see what they're doing. Everyone knows that, you know, you learn more stuff is caught than what's taught. And so, you know, you're going to catch more things about marriage than someone actually sitting down and teaching you. And so if you want to catch the right things, you got to be in the right environment. And so um, I think I think a big thing for us is that we really want to find role models. They don't have to be black, but it helps. But representation and role models of good marriages mm -hmm. yeah. and then model after them. So um, I, I have a pastor who's from Laurenburg. His name is Pastor Nathaniel Cox. He was my first model of a really good marriage. Um, and so, yeah, I really really appreciated him for that. So, but that's the struggle for me being black, young and trying to be married and, and get the marriage thing right. Yeah. Just finding like Rashad saying, finding those good examples. And I think it's important because you, we all love, you know, well, not all of us, but most of us love like Black Panther. We love having like, you know, representation, representation. We all want a superhero that looks like us. Absolutely. And that's what makes it possible you know what's why so much so many people in our community love barack obama even if you didn't 100 percent vibe with everything it was the idea that he's black and you know you have young black kids that look up and say he can do it so i can do it too why yeah. because it's not like a barrier yeah. so what we want to do and what we're searching for is we want to find those black people who we can look up to and be a couple that maybe people can say okay they're being successful here's what they do maybe we can try to set a good example for people mm -hmm. coming up after us mm -hmm. so being black is just making sure that people see themselves represented in mm -hmm. any sphere that they're working in and saying it's possible it can be done and it can be done very well mm -hmm. i mean same thing with you you're um you produce content you're african-american man yeah. you know when you sign your name on a podcast or on a web series or whatever you do you know people are looking up to you and saying to them saying to themselves maybe there's another way like maybe i don't have to go the traditional traditional route um that my friends went if, if i'm looking at somebody who's creating content and they're black you know it makes me feel like I can do it as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, being now being Christian, um, uh, you know, it's levels to being a Christian. I, I like to say, you know, it's some that don't listen to secular music, or some people that just, you know, listen, or you know, it's some that say, hey, I'm I believe in God. I might enjoy a a beer here and there, or or, or whatever. Um, talk talk about um, your spirituality in 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 religion in in a in your marriage as well. Yeah, you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. So, um, first of all, I mean, me if you know our story, me and me and my wife are not perfect people, and then nobody is exactly right. <laughs> and and there's some some really messed up things that we've done in our past. And when you talk about marriage and being with someone for the rest of your life, the question then becomes, how can two people who constantly make mistakes, yeah. who are naturally kind of selfish, looking out for themselves, and two people who, if given the right temptations, will make really bad decisions, how can those two people live together forever? And I have to have some sort of foundation in it, or an answer to that question. And so that's where our relationship with Jesus comes into play because Jesus says, Hey, I know that you're, you're tempted and you make bad decisions, but I can help you make better decisions. I can help you live the life that you're supposed to live. Um, and I can also teach you how to forgive other people. So when me and my wife, one, we make a mistake, we know how to forgive each other because that's kind of what Jesus taught us to do. So he teaches us and empowers us to forgive each other. He yeah. changes us so that we're, um, we have better relationships with God and better relationships with each other. And so I think our spirituality and our marriage kind of blend together because the gospel really empowers us to be nice to each other, to be kind, compassionate, forgiving. And it's not perfect, but we're constantly getting better. And it's not just us doing it ourselves, but it's God working through us and trying to make us more like Jesus. And so the more we become like Jesus, the more attractive we are to each other. So we're not lying to each other. We're not hiding stuff from yeah. each other. Um, and so it, it goes really deep, but I think, you know, having that foundation really does help. What do you think, Dariana? Yeah, and it's kind of what we're talking about us having, uh, having that example to follow. Oh, and yeah. kind of what Lashad's saying is we, we, we did come from, you know, our past is different. Like we, uh, you know, Lashad and I grew up from age 14 on up. Mm -hmm. So we've seen all of the dumb mistakes that people usually make, um, but we've been together for it. So the idea that we can be 
forgiven and the idea that we can come together and as like he said imperfect people and somehow make this lifelong relationship work um it's just nice to have someone to look up to someone to say you know it's okay you can i because i can forgive myself i can forgive him and vice versa for all of this stuff so our relationship with jesus uh i think that's it's pretty much what our whole marriage pivots around yeah. is this idea of not only are we just Christians married to each other, but we're trying to live our life the way that Jesus would want us to live. And this is like my partner. This yeah. is, this is someone that who helps me fulfill what Jesus want me to do for my life. And mm-hmm. I help him fulfill what he knows Jesus wants him to do with his life. Yeah. And then it, it helps us to be honest with each other. Right. Yeah. Like if, if there's a temptation that I have, I can bring it to my wife and be like, Hey, there's this, there's a coworker at work and, you know, she's cool and nothing's happened, but I feel like our relationship might be getting a little too close. And mm-hmm. I think it's probably wise if I cut it, if I cut that relationship off and my wife will be like, well, you know, has she done anything? Has she said anything? And I'm like, no, I just get a feeling. And she'll be like, Hey, you know, well then let's, then let's call, let's cut and it off. I encourage you to cut it off. Yeah. But <laughs> here's the big thing about that. You know, she doesn't have to feel insecure because she knows if I ever stepped out of my marriage, it's because of my sinful heart, not because she's not attractive not because she's not an awesome wife it was my wicked sinful heart that stepped out of outside the marriage and so just that understanding of you know we we're sinful people by nature but we can have a new nature and so we can talk about like yeah, yeah um it's whether it's alcohol or drinking or, or whatever it is that we have issues with personally um we can bring that to each other and partner together and so we're more like partners and not police and we're just progressing together so that's that's kind of, I know that's a long-winded answer to yes, how yeah. our spirituality about, goes into our, our marriage. We can talk about that all day. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, I want to um, get a little bit into my life. Um, I've, I've been married for uh, five years. Congratulations. Congratulations. Hey. I've been married for five years. Been, been with my wife for 10 years. We're both from um, really small small country little towns here in North Carolina. Y'all, y'all, y'all from North Carolina, y'all know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's more pigs in North Carolina. There's more hogs in North Carolina than humans. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I didn't know that. I'm I'm agreeing, but I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, there's more pigs in North Carolina than people. That's weird. Very weird. Now, one one of one of my biggest problems of being married is I feel I and maybe you can help me with this. I feel myself falling in and out of love with my wife a lot. You know, it's just. You know, it's it's just a roller coaster ride for me. Sometimes it's it's just sometimes where, like, I just want, I just feel like I do I like like do I need some new energy around me or, or something like, and it's like I, I like it's like I fall in and out of love with it. Do you think that is is that normal or unnormal to kind of I, I ain't gonna say fall in and out of love. It's just like it's like it, we be on and off rather. I ain't gonna say mm-hmm. in and out of love. It's just like we be on and off, and it's just like. I don't be understanding that sometimes. Well, listen, emotions go, emotions come and go. Mm-hmm. Emotions will always, always come and go. Mm-hmm. But commitment is something that's a choice. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of times because of, um, and I'm not going to get too nerdy, but we come out of uh, a, a very romantic uh, mindset. And by romantic, I mean the time period where we get, we get our idea of Cupid from. Mm-hmm. If you watch Pepe Le Pew, where you get stung by Cupid's arrow. Um, if you come out of that area, you think that emotions uh, are tied to love. And that's where we get that idea of falling in and out of love. That's where we get the language from mm-hmm. is because what we're saying is my emotions are here. And then sometimes they're not, I really feel connected. And sometimes I don't. Um, right. and the danger is when we start connecting the feelings to the marriage by saying, since we fell in love, we're, you know, we're lovers, we should be married. And, and even the idea of falling in love, doesn't it sound like something that's uncontrollable? Yeah, like, I, like, oh, like oh. I got hit by Cupid Zero and then I tripped and I fell in love. I couldn't control it. Yeah. And the danger there is, you know, if, I'm, if I can fall in and out of love, then no marriage is ever safe. If that's, if that's the bedrock of my marriage is falling in and staying in love, no one's safe because I can meet a, a female tomorrow and somehow emotionally I fall, you know, in love with her and, and I feel like maybe I didn't marry the right one. So to, for us, we try not to, to, we try not to trust our emotions in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we want to feel affection towards each other. And there's yeah. things we can do to cultivate that hunger for one another. You know, obviously for me, I, I starve attention that I give to other women. I starve attention that I give to certain websites and, and movies um, because I, I want to cultivate my hunger for my wife. Um, when it comes to having intimate conversations, I reserve that for my wife so that I'm not getting fed from other places. Um, 
and that helps. Yeah. But at the end of the day, emotions come and go. There's times where Doriana wants to be alone. There's times where I want to be alone. There's um, certain hobbies that she has that she thinks in her head, you know, if I wasn't married to Lashad, this hobby would, would take off where I'd, you know, be able to go do certain things. And it's the same thing with me. There's that thought in the back of your mind of if I wasn't married, how great or different could life be? But we don't trust those emotions and yeah. we don't entertain those thoughts. But you, no one should ever feel guilty for having them because we all have them. We yeah. all fall in and out of love emotionally with our spouse. But I think if we talk about it and we acknowledge it um, and we continue to stay committed, then we can make sure there's more ups than downs yeah. and try to cultivate that intimacy. But you're not alone, man. We, yeah. you know, we all, I'm Doriana, maybe you can speak to this. You ever fall in it, if you know, emotionally falling in and out of love. It's with me? definitely like riding, riding the waves uh, of those kind of emotions. Cause I know you, you know, you've been with your wife for a while and Lashad and I have been together for a while. And it was me understanding that Lashad's changing. Like mm -hmm. he's changed. I've completely changed. We are, different people than if you met us when we were back in high school or younger we're completely different so it's the idea of I get to study Lashad all over again like every three weeks he probably has a new thing that he's on or something new that he likes so I get the opportunity to fall in and out of love with uh I don't hope this don't, doesn't sound weird but like with like 70 different people because <laughs> Lashad is constantly changing and the good thing is it's always him but I know that I love him and I'm committed to cultivating that relationship mm -hmm. with him at year one, at year seven, at year 10, hopefully at year like 15 and 30. I know he's going to be really, really different. We're going to have different struggles that we go through and that's going to make us stronger. So it's, I think that falling, whenever I feel myself maybe not as connected to Lashad, then I take time out to relearn what his passions are, relearn how we connect what back brings on us dates together again yeah we're back on I mean, you know we never really we, we fall on it but we don't want to ever stop dates because yeah. i know he changes overnight and i know i change overnight like i have new favorite colors and new <laughs> things that i like and i want my husband to stay and fall madly in love with me over and over again because my hairstyle changes i do all this new stuff <laughs> like i'm a new person you need to know yeah. me mm -hmm. <laughs> Now, I think that, now, speak now speak on, I think the two things that, in my personal opinion, that really kind of kills marriages sometimes is complacency and finances. Talk about uh, those two things on how y'all have, uh, uh, you know, kept those things right and tight and, and never, like, fallen off ship with those. Oh, wow. So, um, one big thing that I like to do is... Um, Every time me and my wife, and this is going to sound like a tip, but you'll, you'll, at the end, you'll see the strategy. Every time me and my wife get into a car, I always open the door for her, right? And it sounds nice, but here's why. Um, when we first started dating, and, and let me ask you, when you first started dating, did you ever open the door for, what, your name's Tamira, right? Am I saying that right? Thank you for doing your research. Tamara, yes. <laughs> Tamara, okay. So did you open the door for Tamara when y'all first started dating? Yes, all the time. Yes, okay. all the time. Why? Um... Maybe because I, I started, I seen older gentlemen do it and I was like, this is the right thing to do, you know, you know. And what, what, what were you trying to communicate to her every time you opened the door for her? What were you trying to say? That, that, I, that, I, that I am a gentleman and I'm a good, that I'm a good person and yeah. So, so I, I did the same thing, but then one day I stopped and, and then I, and, and I felt like God really confronted me and said, why'd you stop? Hmm. And I was like, well, I mean... It's easier if she just gets in the car herself. It's a little faster. And he was like, but are you no longer trying to honor her? Are you no longer trying to show her that you, that you, you know, are thankful that she's hanging out with you, that she's actually rocking with you? And ever since then, I was like, I told my wife, you know, I'm going to honor you by opening every door that we walk through because I'm thankful that you're still with me walking through this next door because anything could have happened between the last door we walk through and the next one to where you are no longer stepping in the car with me. You're no longer going to the mall with me or whatever, whatever door I'm opening, I don't take it for granted that you are there with me. And so this is something to help self-regulate so that I don't get complacent because I do get complacent. If I don't do something about it, I'm going to get complacent. So I told myself, my wife will never touch a door because I'm going to honor her, show her I'm a gentleman, show her that I care for her. I'm here to take care of her by opening up doors. But you're, you're a hundred percent, you know, correct. You know, if you don't fan the flames of your marriage and do something to stop yourself from being complacent, you start um, taking your spouse for granted. And the, here's the reason why your spouse is very, 
uh, constant in your life. They're always there, right? And things that are constant start to feel common because, you know, since they're always there, it's kind of common for your wife to cook. It's common for your wife to do this. It's common for her to help her out around the house. And things that are common do not get complimented. If, if you see a common pair of shoes or a common song or a common type of rapping style, you're not going to compliment something that's normally common. And then that's where we get into not complimenting our spouse. And then we get to complacency. Yeah. And so it's almost like the faithfulness of your spouse could lead to the, to it feeling common, you know, constant, mm -hmm. and then not, now we're not complimenting one another. Yeah. And now we fell so far that we're just complacent. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, this, exactly. It's the idea of, it's a, uh, I don't know, there's a comedian comes to my mind where he's like, you know, the good relationships are boring. You know, <laughs> it's the ones where you're fighting like, oh man, is she going to like throw a pot at me today? Like, am I going to get stabbed? Right. Like, that's the exciting part. But Absolutely. most of us, when it comes to like long-term relationships, we don't want the drama. Like for the rest of our life, that's stressful. So it's almost uh, the good things in our life do, we do expect it after a while. And because we expect it, we don't appreciate it as much as we should. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that having that check every day to be like, wow, some people don't wake up and have someone like not, I don't know, like hit them in their face first thing yeah, in the some morning. People, yeah, you, you. But <laughs> it's like the things that we take for granted. Like yeah. I, I know Lashad's going to be there and you know, he opens the door for me and I appreciate that. And it's that, that regulation that I do is that even if it is faster and I'm trying to get something done is allowing me to serve every time he so. opens the door, say, thank you. That's, mm -hmm. and, and that's my heart check is say when he opens the door, even if we could be in an argument and it's funny, that's looking back on it where well, there's been times when we've had heated arguments and we're getting into the car and I'm still going to go over there and open he that still door. Opens the door <laughs> and I still, as much as I don't want to, sometimes I still say thank you. And that's that heart check to be like, he's yeah. honoring you say thank you that you appreciate that he's actually doing something that um that most people don't have to do and that yeah. he doesn't have to do but and so for anyone else out there who's listening you know if you want to fight complacency you have to find some something that you can continually do to fight that complacency um i recommend date nights where it's a scheduled time on paper on purpose where you know you're going to meet you know, Thursday night, Friday night, or Saturday night, and it's going to be date time where you have some questions that you guys are going to ask. Um, so yeah, I recommend date night. And then as far as finances, just making sure you have a shared calendar and a shared budget. You know, that budget needs to be on paper, on purpose, needs to be clear so that we can all agree on where our money is going to be going. Mm -hmm. um, because money is something that we traded our life for. We traded our time to get these resources. And if somebody mismanages the money, you're almost mismanaging the life or you know, my, my time or my life that I gave up to make this paycheck. And so we have to have a common goal that we're reaching and our finances is the way that we're going to get there. Um, so we got to have a budget that's on paper and on purpose. Um, and then along with that, you got to have a shared calendar that's on paper and on purpose. And we go as far as to have a shared mission statement that's on paper and on purpose because, you know, how are we going to know how to spend our money if we don't know what our family is here to do on earth, like, yeah. or what the goal is or where our family is going to be in six months. Mm -hmm. um, that lets us know how to spend our money, how to spend our time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it helps. Because, and even like LaShad's talking about with the mission statement, and he's mentioned this before, is you could work at, well, you're from North Carolina, so you know Bojangles. I used to work at Bojangles. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that training. I had to sit there and learn the training. I had to learn their mission statement. How to be a bow star. I, how to be a bow star. <laughs> and it, like star stood for something. And I've worked at I we've worked at IHOP. We've worked at places in the fast from fast food to like any company you work for. If they think you're going to be successful in their company, they have you learn the mission statement. Mm -hmm. That way they can make sure that you fit into their purpose and that you go in that direction. Mm -hmm. So for this relationship that I'm saying I'm going to be in for the rest of my life and we're going to have kids and we're going to bring up our kids into this family. What is our mission statement? Like what is our, you know, bow star? Mm -hmm. What does this mean? What does it mean when you say we're the James family and we're not, we have kids. It's like, what principles do we really, really stand for in this company that you're going to be in for the rest of your life? Um, so that's something that we really push is the mission statement. Because if, if the principle behind decisions is the mission statement, that cuts out a lot of confusion. Yeah, it's that proactive communication, not the reactive kind. Because yeah. you know, when the money hits the bank account on Friday and then yes. half of it's gone by Saturday morning, it's too late to have a budget meeting. Then, like you right. missed it already. <laughs> you know, the the refund checks hit, and and it's now we arguing over what to spend it on. We missed it. So mm -hmm. you definitely want to have a proactive conversation and put the work on the front end, so you're not doing any arguing on the back end. Yeah. How how important is tithing? 
to mm-hmm. you. So we, it's definitely important to us to honor God with everything we do. So we tithe um, from our financial paycheck, but we also tithe our time, which means like in the morning time, before we talk to each other, we want to spend some time talking to God. And so the principle of putting God first is not just something you do in your finances. It's something you do with every part of your life. So yes, um, we, we tithe with our, our money. We also set apart the first day of the week, which is our Sabbath, the day that we rest. Um, we spend time honoring God, going to church. Um, and then even daily throughout our day, we try to wake up and spend at least 10 or 15 minutes with Jesus before we spend it with each other. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a big part. And I think it's something that we had to work together to do as a family. Um, but it's something that we're, it helps. It's another one of those things that checks your heart, right? Just yeah. like opening the door for my wife stops me from being complacent. Honoring God with my finances is really for me to remind me that he is the person who gave it to me. You know, he's the source of my income. Um, and so I, I honor him by saying, you know, this part is going to go towards the local yeah. church and towards your mission. Speak, mm-hmm. speak to other couples on how, even me, how important is the, the, the tithe? Um, cause sometimes, um, I'm, I'm still learning and understanding. I remember growing, I rem, I'm, I'm going to take you on my journey of giving money to the church. I, re, I remember, you know, as a kid, you just put, throw a little dollar, a little, <laughs> and say, whatever your mama, whatever pocket change your mama had, you throw it in there. Yeah. So then, then you get grown, you say, well, I give them 20. I, I, I give $20 now. So, so then I get with my wife. One Sunday, we're, we're at church and we're at like a mega church. It's a mega church uh, uh, here in Durham. And she writes a check for, I think it was like $135 or something like that. And I look at her like, what in the world are you doing? What? <laughs> be like, I'll take that. That check must be for me. <laughs> like, what are you giving that much? She said, you have, you, you, you have, to, was it five, is it five percent, was it five percent? So, tithe, so the word tithe is, it actually comes from the word tenth, like one tenth. And so that's the 10 percent. But you want to know interesting fact? Interesting fact is if you were to actually count up uh, how much people would give to God in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. um, and they have different types of offerings. We don't have to go into it. There's like grain offerings and thank you <laughs> offerings and sin offerings. And, uh, you know, there's a lot, but it actually is closer to 20 or 25 percent of the Israelites income would actually go towards the temple and go towards the keeping of God's house. Um, another interesting fact is if you read the book of Acts, when people got saved in the book of Acts, they would actually start selling their stuff and giving it to people who had need. And the way they got it to the people is they gave it through the church. So they would give it to the apostles, but the apostles wouldn't keep it. So the apostles weren't rich. Um, you know, 11 out of the 12 disciples or apostles, they actually died for the faith. So they didn't get a Rolls Royce. They didn't get a, a jet. They didn't get a plane. Um, they died uh, relatively, you know, not rich. Um, and so they gave, they sold their houses, they sold the stuff that they had and they gave it to people who had needs. So the 10th is kind of a place that we like to start, but when it comes to partnering, partnering with God's mission, you know, there's no limit per se on, on how much we want to, to make sure the kingdom of God's moving forward. So I know that's a, a kind of a weird way of saying it, but, but 10% is what we normally start at but sometimes it could be more. But yeah, go ahead. What, what, what happened with the rest of your story? So she gave $135. $135, I was appalled. I didn't, I, like, I'd never seen that before because even growing up, I would, uh, my father, he would, because uh, it'd be like two buckets up there. I think it'd be, uh, you know, be uh, your tithe and offering, and, your tithe and then your offering. So he'd put 20 in this one and 20 in that one. And so that 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 would be like, and I thought my daddy was balling. That then, like, man, he really gave, really gave. And then to see my wife do that, and then from there, she she told me, you know, about giving a ten percent, and and then now we the church home we go to now, I have to give a huge shout out to Grady, great Greater Temple, Greater Manual Temple here in Durham, mm-hmm. um, great church. And um, I talked to uh, I talked to my pastor, and he really has been educating me on on you know ties in and your finances and, and giving to God your first fruits, you know, and, and all that. And, and so yeah, because I'm I'm still I'm still growing I'm still growing with it because the you know just the thought of you know just giving that much to a church, but it's it, it's all starting to make it all starts to make sense now, you know. Yeah. No, it's not, but it's not easy. I mean, yeah. um, 10%, and the reason why I like the 10% is because no matter how much you make, 10% still hurts like 10%, right. you know, or whatever percent you're given, it, it still hurts to so the person who makes a thousand a week. 
you know, a thousand dollars a week, you know, and I got to give a hundred of it to church. That leaves me with 900 and they sitting there doing the math. Like, I don't know how this could work, but you know, even if God blesses you and you make a hundred thousand dollars, you know, a year, $10,000 is a lot to, you know, even if I have a hundred, 10,000 is a lot of money. So um, I think it goes back to that devotion. You know, it's not necessarily the dollar amount, but it's God's, it's, it's saying, God, I trust you to do more with the 90% than I can do with the hundred percent. And I trust that since you were the one who gave it all to me, at the end of the day, you know, you're not poor, you're not broken, you're not hurting for mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to accomplish your mission here on earth. And, and I'll, my pastor's always taught me that we don't give to a church, we give through a church. And so um, if my church is feeding the hungry and my church is seeing people saved and uh, my church is trying to change the world and build family, like I, I could get behind that. I can finance that with my 10%. So yeah, it's not easy though. <laughs> Before we get into into your amazing podcast, um, uh, talk about going to UNCP. Like, what what was that like? Uh, you know, it's it's a ma Ooh. majority, <laughs> a lot of Indians. Yeah. If you have been to Pembroke, is a Lumbee, lot. Yeah, yeah, Lumbee, the Lumbee pride there is strong. Yeah, community. But what what was it like going to UNCP? Actually, uh, um. I actually had a ton of letters to go to UNC Pembroke, a ton, and I decided not to go to UNCP. But what, what, what was that experience like there? Uh, I liked it. I really enjoyed. I enjoyed college. I think that was probably like the some of the like really good years of my life. I didn't really like high school like that, but mm -hmm. college was good. Um, I got involved in a like a lot of organizations. I got to meet a lot of different people who some looked like me and some didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that deepened my understanding of people coming from different backgrounds and all that other like really great stuff. Um, yeah. I, I think I could, I found like my passion there. So I, I majored in, you know, classes and stuff that I didn't care about, but I met a lot of good friends who are passionate about things that are still my hobbies now. Uh, so I personally enjoyed it. I tried a lot of different stuff. I, you know, I went out for like a whole bunch of different teams. I did color guard for a little bit. Uh, that kind of stuff, just because I was like, man, if I can, if I have a chance to do it, might as well do it now. When <laughs> and I, I played football and got a business degree, so I remember you know, when Pembroke didn't even have a football team. Correct. I, I was there, I think, a couple years after they started one. So yeah. Oh, wow, Pembroke football. Okay, now let's talk about how did y'all start this um, amazing podcast, man? Um, talk, talk me through it of of how'd you come up with the idea. And in the journey, in the journey of growing your podcast, so I think the idea it may, it may have started kind of in my brain, and then my wife uh, she rallied behind it like a champion. And so I know that public speaking is one of my gifts, and mm -hmm. so I wanted to make sure I could give my gift to other people. And I knew that on the back end, um, if I perfected it, if I got it right, that it would be a source of financial income for our family. And so um, it started with me getting a $20 uh, Blue Yeti microphone from, I think, Walmart or something like that. And I plugged it into the USB and I just, you know, downloaded, uh, what is it? Um, Audacity. Audacity. So yeah. I still use that today, but, I, you know, downloaded Audacity. I recorded. I tried to, like, put a track on top of it. The levels were off. It sounded really <laughs> terrible. Um, I, you know, years later, I took it all off because I was like, I don't want anyone listening to this. Um, but so it started there uh, and then it, we took like an eight month break, honestly, but here's the beauty of whenever you create online content, that online content is still delivering value. If you said something on the microphone, you know, years later, months later, people will, can find it if it's put out there and they can still get value from it as if they listen to it right now. So like, even right now, as we're talking to each other, I'm, I'm imagining 120 people in the room listening to our conversation as if we were in a big conference and that's just the power of being able to work online um so from there we worked on our intro we worked on our audio a yeah. little bit we worked on the structure of the podcast uh we created an instagram page we put um too much money into advertising on there uh, and we, ten thousand followers uh we just hit 10 yeah we just yeah, hit 10 10k that was fun. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you. And you know what? It's, it's the investment comes back because when you start hitting those type of numbers, people start reaching out to you to, you know, connect. And so for those people who feel like, you know, I'm doing IG lives and it's not popping or I'm putting out stuff and, and I'm only getting less than 12 downloads and I'm reaching out to people who aren't responding. If you keep grinding, eventually your phone starts blowing up with all these different offers of people who want to be a sponsor on your stuff. Mm -hmm. They want you to come in and speak at their conferences. They want to fly you out. Um, so just keep grinding, man. Yeah. Um, just you know, you. keep going. 
that's that, that, that's that's great words for for me and my and in my platform to to see y'all just just keep going and what and what and what keeps y'all what keeps y'all so humble man you know um y'all y'all are you are have built a beautiful platform and what what keep what keeps y'all hum, keeps y'all y'all humble because you you could easily say uh I don't know who this kid is uh I'm gonna keep it moving. um i feel like uh i don't i don't really feel like we've like done we have not arrived like yeah (laughs) we haven't you know ascended to to any sort of level and i still have people we still have people that we look up to like we're watching other people's stuff and we're like oh my goodness they're superstars you know and we just we're having fun i think this lashad likes to do this and i like hanging out with lashad and um talking about marriage stuff so we're just doing stuff and it's fun and we meet you know, we meet people like you and, and people who we want to have on our podcast. We have conversations and we, we have real conversations because, yeah. you know, we're we're real people and we're just having a good time. Yeah. And we're, we're for, I know for me, I'm, I'm really hungry to serve people. I want to serve as many people as possible. So, you know, when somebody hits me up on Instagram and I see that, that they're working and they're building a platform and they're in, they're inviting me, like I'm humbled that, that you would even invite me. Um, and I don't look at numbers per se because you built this. It's almost like your baby. Like you're letting me, you know, hang out with your audience, which you don't have to do. You know, you, you curate all of this content. And so if you say, Hey, I would like to invite you to speak in this area mm-hmm. um it's it i bring the same energy uh yeah. it, whether it's a you know the same thing with public speaking whether it's a church of 100 people or a church of 10,000 people it's not a, the amount of people in the seats but it's the amount of lives i could actually impact and so in my head you know I'm, I'm i see a few people in the room right now and i'm thinking if i could change their life in a positive way this was the best way to spend my 30 minutes this evening yeah. You know, there's nothing else better I could do if, if one person hears this and changes. So yeah, yeah, it's all it's all seeds. You know, you you have you have your audience, and other people have their audience, and maybe there's something that you can say that would affect someone's life in a way that we might not know about, but you could change their life for the better. Mm-hmm. So it's important to keep going, keep influencing who you can influence, saying the positive things that some people will never hear any other way except through our platforms mm-hmm. um, or just through us talking together. What's What's been the greatest, what's, what's been some, some of the greatest moments of y'all just being out and about and somebody just, you know, you know, saying, Man, I heard this episode, and man, that really changed my. Is, is there one particular time, or maybe a few times, have that happened to y'all? Uh, I think a lot of people here in Texas, uh, they'll be like, "Hey, man, I listened to your podcast and your episode about how to craft a perfect apology. I really like that, and it, it kind of takes me off guard." Yeah. Because, so personally, I don't promote my stuff to my friends and family, um, and that's just me. Uh, I just believe that you know I should have a product that's so good that someone who doesn't know me will get to know me and and buy our content and and reach out to us because the content is good so i don't want like my mom being like your podcast is amazing like thanks mom no i want you know somebody i don't know so i normally don't promote to my friends and family but anytime they hit me up and or someone from church says hey i I listen to your podcast it's amazing i really like what you're doing it kind of scares me because i'm just not used to people (laughs) i'm not used to people like i guess uh reaching out in that way so that's that's probably it for me it's really i think it's kind of cool to um see people who don't exactly either look like us or maybe they're older or Mm -hmm. you know they're just different and then they'll say something about the podcast and be like man that was you know that was really cool or that's Mm -hmm. really nice what you said about this and that and it's almost like wow it's it's nice to see that we are so different but yet you vibe with what we say or it's something that you took away from it which is, it's beautiful to see how even people who do look different, who are older, who maybe stand for something else, they're like, hey, that was really cool. Yeah. It's just like, hey, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank y'all for taking some time out tonight and not even knowing that we had a 910 connection. That's hey, the nine dime, you know. <laughs> that's that's awesome, man. Well, man, nothing but uh, respect and love to y'all. And 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 how and how's quarantine been been for y'all? Uh, before we before I let y'all go, I mean, I think it's been really good. I like hanging out with her. He loves sometimes. He gets stir crazy. Like I do get stir crazy. He he will like check. He'll take maybe two. We live in an apartment, so the kitchen is the living room. 
And so he'll hit like two laps and then he'll be like, I need to get out of here. And I'm like, I want you to get out of here. Like, I want that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to be free. Uh, but for the most part, we have a good time. Um, but it's just every now and then we're like, man, we would really love to get out of the house yeah. or just do something else. But it's been okay. Yeah. Now, now tell the people where they can find your podcast and, and tell them what day of the week do you, do you usually drop uh, your podcast weekly. Yeah, so, so the podcast drops are a little bit more sporadic than we would like, but there's some great, great content on there. Um, if you want to find us, just go to howtobecomeone.com. So that's howtobecomeone. And two is spelled T-W-O. So howtobecomeone.com. And you'll find us. The name of the podcast is The Young Black Married Christian Podcast. And so if you Google that, it'll pop up. Um, but if you want to see everything we have to offer, our inner circle where we give access to us personally, we have premium content, we have a phenomenal community. Um, if you want to get access to everything we have, just look up howtobecomeone.com. That's TWO. And I would highly recommend their latest episode with another podcast couple they did where they're talking about S-E-X. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> and I like that stuff because that, that's definitely part of marriage as well. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to hold y'all guys much, much longer. Uh, just I can't tell y'all thank you enough. Uh, much peace and blessings to, to you and your family. Please stay safe down there in Texas. And again, I want to say thank y'all again for being on Best Conversations podcast. Um, hope to hear from y'all again. You know, if you, you know, anytime I can help out of being on y'all podcast and I will give y'all updates on, on, on my marriage and my life, you know, yes. as well. So, so thank y'all, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. This was fun. <laughs> thank y'all. Well, y'all have, y'all have a great night and hopefully I'll talk to y'all soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. Peace. <laughs>